Hello and welcome to Purple Rain, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I am very excited to welcome you into the world of all things Minnesota Vikings. This is the first episode. I'm pretty excited. I have been a longtime Vikings fan, probably since about 2005. I'm just under 27 years old, so, you know, I didn't start getting into football until the early 2000s. So I would say the first memory I have or really paying attention to Minnesota Vikings was probably the return of Brad Johnson and maybe T-Jack. Maybe it was the Gus Farratt year. They went like six and 10. It was right before, or it might've been Brad Childress's first year. And then not too many years later, we got Brett Favre, a, a magic carpet ride type season. And uh, I mean, ultimately ended in heartbreak. So I think if you're a Vikings fan, you know exactly how that goes. They kind of get you feeling good and optimistic. And in the end, you're let down. The name of this podcast is Purple Rain, not Purple Rain as an R-A-I-N, but R-E-I-G-N. Initially, I wanted to name the podcast Purple Pain, <laughs> but I thought that might be a little too negative. Uh, we can still kind of see my idea was to anytime I have somebody new on the podcast, because I plan on having people on to talk Vikings. When was the first time you experienced Purple Pain? That was the question. I wanted to pose and we could still do that segment, but it just felt a little too pessimistic and I want to be optimistic cautiously, right? As a Vikings fan, I feel like I can speak for a lot of us. We're cautiously optimistic. You know, we've been burned too many times to really get our hopes up, you know, going back to 98, the Brett Favre year and then the 2017 year with Keenum. We know not to get our hopes up too high, but this podcast, you know, honestly, I just want this to be an easy listening, cozy type podcast that you guys can pop in and out of, listen to while, while you're on a long drive, you know, your commute to work, while you're at work, you know, just something to have on and that you enjoy. I'm not an expert in really anything in football. I mean, I, I played high school, but nothing beyond that. I'm not claiming to be an expert. I am very much a fan. I am very much a uh, couch GM. I think as football fans, we can all appreciate a little bit of creativity and uh, some speculation on the roster and trades and and the uh, outlook of the season and the future of the franchise. So, you know, I really want this to be a place that you guys can go for just some fun content. You know, let's not take ourselves too seriously here. You know, give this episode a try. And if you end up enjoying this content, uh, hit the subscribe button and listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Now on this inaugural episode, we are uh, what about a week away from the season. You know, a lot of stuff has happened this past summer. And I think that a good place to start is let's look at that 53 man roster and they've made some moves since they announced the initial cuts. So I kind of want to go through the initial 53 man roster look at some of our starters, look at some of our depth, and give a feeling of whether or not I uh, fully trust this roster going into week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's kick it off, folks. First up, we have the quarterbacks group. Mm, I don't see any surprises there. Kirk Cousins, obviously our starter. Nick Mullins is solidified as our QB2, our backup. 
And maybe, if anything, a surprise would be Jaron Hall getting a roster spot and being the number three quarterback. I think this is huge for his development. Initially, I thought that he was going to be waived and they were going to get him through on the uh, the practice squad. But, you know, they took a fifth round flyer on the guy. Must have seen some things that they really liked in uh, mini camp and training camp and then the preseason. And folks, I actually want to dedicate uh, a future episode to the conversation about Jaron Hall because I think he's an intriguing project for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I... I've been following the news and paying attention to this offseason and I've watched the preseason games and it's not like he wowed me or anything, but I did see some pretty big steps forward for him as far as uh, development. He was looking a little more comfortable in the pocket and it also helps when you're playing with the twos for the first half and not the threes because I think once we get through this 53-man roster, we'll kind of find out that the Vikings don't have a very deep roster. And I feel like it's been like that for the past few years, a pretty long time where they've been kind of top heavy. They've had a lot of stars and beyond that, they're pretty thin. So I'm feeling pretty good about the quarterbacks group. I think Nick Mullins is a solid QB two who can come in and do a spot start. Say Cousins, you know, he got beat up last year. If he has to come in, you know, he's out for two, three games. I'm confident that if Mullins had to start three games, he could at least win us one. Let's move on to the running backs group. Our starter is Alexander Madison. And then running back two is a little ambiguous right now because initially it was Ty Chandler. But recently we just signed Miles Gaskin, a former Miami Dolphin. I love this pickup. I think it's great. And I think those two will split carries at least for the first two or three games until someone prevails. Ty Chandler is very intriguing. He has a lot of potential. He's a burner. He has great speed, but I think he might need a little bit more time. Miles Gaskin, I think he's a proven commodity. If you look at his time at the Miami Dolphins, he was the lead back, I believe, for two years. He didn't put up crazy numbers, but I think he had around 600 plus yards each of those seasons. So, I mean, I think he's a reliable veteran backup running back. So, Madison won, Ty Chandler, and Gaskin are RB2 A and B. And then, interestingly enough, Kane Wangwu, he made the roster. He's been MIA all summer long. Where's that guy been? Just banged up and hurt? Uh, as far as I can remember, he's not a star player. So I felt like he needed to play. He needed to practice in order to, to prove his uh, roster spot. But I guess they value his returnability. Uh, he's a kick return specialist. The problem with that is the NFL is changing um, the rules and uh, they're slowly starting to eliminate the importantness of kickoffs because now you can just do a fair catch. I think it's within like the 15 yards uh, of the end zone and the ball get brought out to the 25. I know he just got IR'd, so he's going to be out for the first four games. It wouldn't surprise me if another roster move was made within the running back room before we get to the midpoint of the seasons. I guess TBD on Juan Wu's spot on this roster moving forward on the practice squad we have Dwayne mcbride i was super high on this guy when we drafted him i think i bought into the hype because quasi came out and said that he had a starter grade on him and they took him the seventh round so i'm like they just got a steal i don't know he's not built like isaac pacheco but a part of me was like could he be our version of isaac pacheco 
I mean, you could clearly see in practice, you could clearly see in the preseason games, this guy needs time. He needs development. He was at UAB. He was playing against lesser competition. And I, I, I'm not going to give up on him or anything, but we waived him. He's on the practice squad. And I think give him a year or two, maybe he could potentially elevate himself to running back two status. Um, I guess this is an, is, is an extension of the running back depth chart. It's our fullback, CJ Ham. Love me some CJ Ham. I believe he just got a contract extension. He's one of the better fullbacks in the league. And now that they signed Josh Oliver, big blocking tight end, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, they're going to be running more 12 personnel. So I think they're going to be running the ball a lot more this year. CJ Ham's role as a blocker is going to be so much more important than it was in previous years. I don't think we're going to see CJ Ham doing wheel routes and catching 25-yard balls. Maybe we'll get one of those uh, this year, but it seemed like far too often we were relying on him doing like a a quick flat route or, yeah, just all of a sudden he's doing a wheel route and Cousins throws him a floater or he's like wide open and he has like, I mean, he's a, he's an athlete. He, he's a, he's a, good, uh, a good player and I'm glad he's on the team, but for the amount that we're paying him, you better be running the ball at uh, a good amount because there were times last year hey you got jj you got tj you know you, we had Thielen at, at the time last year you got a lot of people you got to feed so i understand throwing the ball and the league's changing but change, we're changing the philosophy a little bit so we'll be running the ball a little bit more and cj ham's gonna be a bruiser all right let's move on to our wide receiver room we are stacked at wide receiver no surprises here with Justin Jefferson. Clearly was going to make the roster. He's our wide receiver one. He's our superstar. He's the best wide receiver in the league. And that man needs to get paid. Pay that man his money. Number two, I think it's Jordan Addison. Dinged up here and there throughout the offseason. Obviously had the uh, off the field issue with speeding. Um, claiming he had a, a dog emergency. And I honestly have no idea if there's any truth to that but I don't have any intel or I can't confirm. So it is what it is, but you know what? I think he'll learn his lesson. He's what, like 20, 21 years old, just got generational money. He made a mistake. No one got hurt. So as long as he doesn't keep doing stuff like that, I think we're good. I was super excited when we took him at 23. I think Jordan Addison's going to be a baller for us. Jordan Addison, when I look at his game, he reminds me a little bit of Tyler Lockett. And if that is his full potential is Tyler Lockett, I will take it. Tyler Lockett's been a very good wide receiver in this league for a long time. The long And, and that's another point I want to make is the longevity of Jordan Addison, right? I think you heard his hamstring in minicamp or rookie camp, and then he came back and then got a concussion and, and, and dinged up in, in other spots. And, I mean, he's not a big guy. He's like 5'10", 5'11", 175 pounds. I mean, he's playing with bigger boys now. So I'm hoping that durability doesn't become an issue. And hopefully he can stay on the field. And if he does, I mean, I, pre I predict Addison to be probably the best rookie wide receiver this year, especially with his running mate being Justin Jefferson. And I think he actually might be in contention for Offensive Rookie of the Year. All right, my wide receiver three on this depth chart, KG Osborne. KG Osborne's a great player. We initially drafted him as a return specialist, 
kick return and punt return. And it's just been great to watch him develop and, and mold into this, I would say, above average starting wide receiver. Each year he's taken a stride. And I don't know if he'll – I would hope that he put up at least the same numbers as he did last year. But if we're running the ball more and we got Jordan Addison and Hawkinson – and I don't have to mention Jefferson because he's obviously going to get his targets. Um, the ball might not be flying around to him as often. So we'll have to see. Plus, this is his last year on his rookie contract. And I think he's going to want to get paid next year. So, uh, and we have a lot of people to pay. We got to pay JJ, like I just said. And then we just paid TJ. And then Christian Dersaw is going to be up for a contract. Daniel Hunter is going to be an impending free agent. Same with Cousins. So a lot of decisions to make. This might be his last year in purple. And I hope it's a good one because he's one of my favorite players. All right. Jalen Naylor. That dude is a burner. It stinks that he was basically out this entire training camp. But I think it says something that we didn't even get to see him practice or playing the preseason games, and he still made the roster. He showed some flashes last year when he subbed in a few times, especially towards the end of the year, and I think he's got pretty good potential. I hope that he can stay healthy, and this year, if he can be a wide receiver four option for us, uh, that's a pretty good wide receiver four, especially if he ends up you know, emulating the small you know, doses that we got last year in, in bigger opportunities. I'll be excited to see what he can do. A newcomer, Brandon Powell, he has made the roster as well. Brandon Powell will probably be returning punts. So he used to be with the LA Rams, and I believe he returned punts and kicks. And he, I mean, he played wide receiver, but if you look at his receiving numbers, they're not great. They're not huge, but he was all over the practice field making plays. And and the same thing goes when he was in the preseason games. He ended up not even playing in the last preseason game because he locked up a roster spot. He's a veteran that's trustworthy. He's versatile, right, where he can be a return specialist. And then he knows this offense, right, because he was there when Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator in L.A. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> wide receiver four, wide receiver five, great depth, great option. I mean, the Vikings, quite honestly, might have one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the league. And they've got a few guys on the practice squad. And Lucky Jackson, a former XFL player for the DC Defenders, I am excited that he's able to make the practice squad. And he was kind of lighting it up in the XFL. So good for him, man. Great opportunity. Tristan Jackson. I feel like we talk about this guy every single summer going into the season. And if he's going to make the roster. And I think he's been practice squatted twice. And now, wait, this will be his third time. Um, so it hasn't quite made the jump into the uh, initial 53, but I believe he's been elevated a few times in the past two years. And I think you get two or three elevations before you have to either um, fully roster them. Great to have him back on the practice squad. He's a young player. And then Thayer Thomas. I do not know a lot about this guy. All I know is that I watched him muff a punt and drop a few passes that Jaron Hall threw to him and made Jaron Hall's numbers not look so great. So uh, he's on the practice squad. And I mean, good for him. But buddy, you can't do that kind of stuff if you ever want to make the field. Okay, let's move on to our next position group. Tight end. TJ Hawkinson. The Hawk. He just got paid. He just reset the tight end market. Rumor has it that he was kind of doing a hold in, right? It's not, it's, 
it's where they're at the facility, they're meeting like all of the requirements, they're doing individual drills, but they're holding out of um, team activities, like team practices and uh, joint practices. And obviously it was reported that he had these ear infections and like a lower back issue or something. But uh, there's been a, some rumors and speculation that that might've just been contract related. And when that contract was announced, I was, I'm pretty neutral about it. I think TJ Hawkinson's a top five tight end, but he also has an injury history. And we got a half a season of him in a Vikings jersey and he played great. He was amazing, Im immediate impact. Um, but I was kind of hoping that we might might have been able to see like a larger sample size. So I wouldn't have been mad if they didn't get a deal done until like midseason or something. Just after like, I mean, even like four or five games, he's staying healthy and he's putting up the same numbers as he did last year. And it's like, yeah, let's just pay this guy. So, um, but either way, like I'm, I'm happy that we're able to keep him. He's another uh, receiving weapon for this offense. Uh, number two tight end, I mentioned it before, uh, talking about 12 personnel and, and run blocking, but Josh Oliver, he was a free agent signing from the Baltimore Ravens. And I think a lot of Minnesota Vikings fans kind of tilted their heads and cocked their heads sideways when his contract was announced. They're like, who is this guy? And why are we paying him like $7 million a year? And then you look at his statistics and there's like, this guy catches like 10 passes a year. Like this is, what is going on? Well, then if you go to PFF and you look at his PFF grades, he's a phenomenal blocker and he actually scores relatively high. And there um, has been reporting that they think that there's like untapped potential and he's a little bit raw as far as the receiving skills go. Cause I guess he was pretty good when he was in college, solid tight end too. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I, I guess he's just like a massive human being tight end three, Johnny Munt, Kevin O'Connell, KOC even said in a press conference this summer that Johnny Munt is the best third tight end in the NFL. So when he said that, you basically knew he was going to make the roster unless he got injured before the final cuts. Johnny Munt was in this offense last year. He's a reliable veteran. He came over from the LA Rams. He knows the offense because Kevin O'Connell was there as the offensive coordinator as well. Great depth. And our last tight end is Nick Muse. And I think this was tough for the Minnesota Vikings because I think they'd rather carry three on the depth chart. Nick Muse did not give them an option. He played so well. Every opportunity that he got in the preseason this year, he absolutely dominated. Quezzi Adolfo Mensa selected him, I believe, in the sixth or seventh round two drafts ago from South Carolina State. I believe he was a practice squad guy last year. This is huge. I mean, he's a late-round guy who has clearly showed development and progress, and now he's on the roster, and he's hopefully, I mean, He'll probably be playing some special teams. And I guess if somebody gets injured, he'll get more playing time. Great depth. I mean, if, if one of our backup tight ends go down, I'm completely confident that Nick Muse can step in and contribute right away. All right, let's move on to the offensive line. We have Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, and Brian O'Neill. Christian Derrissaw is probably a top eight left tackle in the league right now. I'm feeling really good about him. And I think this year he could have a breakout season and he could potentially get into that top five conversation. Ezra Cleveland is middle of the road. He is a great run blocking guard and a very 
underwhelming pass blocking guard. And my entire outlook of him changed from watching the Netflix series quarterback because every single time Kirk Cousins got knocked down or sacked, who was turning around to pick him up? Ezra Cleveland, because he just let that guy through. So Ezra, I think this is all, I think he's also in his last year of his rookie, rookie contract. I also think this is the last year he'll be um, in the purple and gold. We drafted him as a left tackle and immediately converted him to right guard. And then he eventually switched over to left guard. But there have been news reports that he wants to be a left tackle. And because he, he wants that left tackle money, might be kind of tough now. He's been playing guard for four seasons. How easy would it be to just shift back to playing left tackle? I don't know if it would be that easy. Ezra Cleveland is a trade candidate of mine. I think that they could get, they could net like a fourth or fifth round pick for for him. And then if they do that, sign Dalton Reisner. He's out there for the taking and he's a better guard. I think he's worlds better than Ezra Cleveland. Eric Bradbury signed a contract extension this offseason to remain a Viking. He was our first round pick in 2019. We had high hopes for him and he has underwhelmed basically his entire career in purple. Besides last year, he actually did pretty well. He just needs to be consistent. He needs to be able to do it now. And I'm fine with this contract. I believe he got a three-year, $15 million contract. Initially, I was thinking, this guy's going to want 8 or $9 million a year. That just wasn't the market for him. So I'm very happy that the Vikings didn't overpay for Garrett Bradbury. And he's back. He knows the offense. And I also think that it's important to have consistency on the offensive line, especially since I think Cousins has been playing with Bradbury since he's gotten here. Maybe he had the first year he got here was with, um, I don't even know who our center was before that. I actually have no idea. It's been so long. That's how long Kirk Cousins has been on this team. But with that said, hopefully there are no injury concerns with him throughout the season. He had a very bad back issue that ended up keeping him out at times. So only time will tell. Our right guard, Ed Ingram, is our second-round pick from last year's draft. He struggled as a rookie. I believe he was one of the worst guards in the league and maybe one of the most penalized too he also loves to step on Kirk Cousins's feet which is a problem also they had him playing out there in the preseason I think he was one of the only starters from last year to get out there and play so what does that mean does that mean like why does he need those extra reps you know what I mean so I don't know there he needs to have significant improvement or else this is yet another Swing and a miss for Quezzi Adolfo Mensa. That first draft is not looking very good for him at all. I believe we have some backup guards that could step in, I guess, if he struggles. But like I said, Dalton Reisner is out there. Just sign him. You know what I mean? Just sign him as, like, start him somewhere. Like, I'd almost rather have Ingram as our depth guy or just, like, put him in place of Cleveland. I don't care. Just get him on this team. Right tackle, Brian O'Neill, he had a partially torn Achilles in the Packers game last year, week 17. He was able to rehab it and come back. He's one of the best right, uh, right tackles in the league. This is huge for us. We have stalvers on the tackle sides, and then our interior is where our weakness is at. So Brian O'Neill should be ready to go by week one, and hopefully he can get back to his all-pro form. All right, now some of our backups on the offensive line include backup center Austin Schlotman, Totally fine with him. When he had to come in, he played pretty good um, in reserve for Garrett Bradbury. I, I mean, if you had to, if he had to play start eight games, I might have an issue with it. But otherwise, he's good depth. Uh, Oli Udo, terrible, terrible guard. 
but he's not a guard. He's a tackle. He's a tackle trying to play guard. That's that's the game that Spielman and Zimmer like to play is playing somebody out of their own position. Uh, I he played good when he when when he came in for Brown O'Neill. He was solid. He wasn't anything great. Or he, I think the best thing about it is he just like wasn't terrible like he was when he was playing right guard. Not a lot of penalties. Didn't give up a lot of sacks. Um, I guess he was having a pretty good training camp, and then that third preseason game, he looked terrible at right tackle. So hopefully he can clean some stuff up and uh, he can continue to be a solid backup tackle for us. Uh, another backup tackle for us is Blake Brandell. I believe he's our swing tackle. He came in and in place for Christian Derrissaw when he was dealing with a uh, concussion. And I think he had another injury last year. And again, just a decent backup. Probably don't want him starting more than three games, I think I'm fine with uh, Brandell being on the roster. And then, uh, oh, almost forgot because basically he's been MIA this entire offseason. But uh, Chris Reed, he recently took a pay cut to stay on the team. And I believe he's starting on IR. So he'll miss the first four games. He was another one that came in and played okay, you know, as as a backup. So hopefully he can recover. And when he comes back, we have another solid depth guy. And then on the practice squad, we have Allen, Allen Ali, Allen. Why am I calling him Allen? Allen Ali. Uh, I believe he's an undrafted rookie out of TCU. Henry Bird. I believe he is also a rookie from Princeton on the practice squad. Tyrese Robinson and Hakeem Adenji. Hakeem Adenji is very interesting. So he was signed to the practice squad and he was on the Bengals before. He has started 17 games in this league which is crazy for a guy that's going to be on the practice squad. And uh, he started in the Super Bowl. Didn't play well. Um, I think Aaron Donald Donald uh, took his lunch quite a bit. Solid pickup. Get, keep him on the practice squad, and hopefully he can develop and potentially become a solid backup for us. Okay, so that is the offense. Let's look at the defense. Let's start with the defensive line. We have Jonathan Bullard, Dean Lowry, Harrison Phillips, Kyrus Tonga, Jaqueline Roy, Jonathan Bullard. He was our starter last year. Never heard of this guy before in my life. And I think he was another guy who's just like not good, but not bad. He, he knows the system, so he can just be relied upon. Hopefully he's not playing as many snaps as he did last year. Hopefully we can like rotate some of our, our younger guys in there. Dean Lowry, a former Packer, came over, signed a one-year contract with the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's also um, an above-average starter, so he can play well, and his age doesn't become a factor. I believe he's yeah, he's just under 30. He does all right for us. Harrison Phillips, we signed him as a free agent two years ago from the Buffalo Bills. He's been very solid for us. I think he's probably our best defensive lineman. He'll probably slot into that Dalvin Tomlinson role. Yeah, if he just keeps doing what he was doing like last year, like playing playing really well and um, you know not being a a liability, that would be great. And we need him to be a leader too, since he's one of the better players and he's a veteran. And then uh, Jaquelin Roy. Now, I'm very excited about Jaquelin Roy. When I was watching the draft, they said that if this guy would have stayed at LSU for just one more year, he probably would have been like a second round pick. He just needed a little more polish to his game, but he just decided to, to uh, declare anyways. 
And the Vikings might have a hidden gem here. Uh, you know, maybe in his rookie year, we don't see, you know, he doesn't just come, you know, flash onto the scene. But hopefully there are some high points in the season and we can at least get him the reps that he needs so that next year, if he ends up developing and gets a starter role, we can be confident in him. Let's look for Jaqueline Roy to get some good rotational snaps on the defensive line. Kyrus Tonga. Kyrus Tonga, I believe he was cut from the Bears last year. He might have been on their practice squad, but we signed him. I don't think he was there at the beginning of the season. I think it might have been midseason, but the dude just played really well. He just he started getting opportunities and getting on the field a lot more, and his PFF grade was pretty damn good. So I don't know. I mean, I think it says a lot that they're trusting. They brought him back, and they're trusting him. I think he's a starter. I mean, the 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 depth chart for Sunday hasn't come out yet, but I'm anticipating that he's going to be a starter on the defensive line. And then on our practice squad, we have Junior Aho. He is part of the um, international NFL program, so he came over this offseason. We also played at SMU, so he's a rookie. Uh, Sheldon Day. <laughs> he's like almost 30 years old, and he's on our practice squad. He's been in the NFL for seven years, but that's because they recently changed the rules where I think before it was like, you couldn't have more than like two years of NFL experience. Um, so a lot of guys ended up like their careers ended because they couldn't be on a roster or a practice squad anymore. So it's kind of cool that you can kind of have those, still have those opportunities for guys. I mean, he's 29. There's probably no potential left to tap into. He's been showing out in preseason as he should as a seven year veteran and kind of uh, having that experience. TJ Smith. He's another one who's played really well in uh, in preseason games. And then I think he's actually, he's gotten some snaps in the regular season last year. And he played okay. So he only has a, a year of experience. So he's a young guy. He's 26. And maybe there's something there. I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, and I also wanted to mention uh, James Lynch. Unfortunate. I think he tore his ACL this summer. So he's going to be out for the entire year. But he was another guy that we took three, four years ago. I think this was his last year on his rookie contract. I feel like every year he's developed and he's gotten better. So it would have been nice to have have him as a backup piece and just kind of adding more depth to the defensive line. It also wouldn't surprise me if they ended up signing someone midseason. All right, let's move on to the linebackers. We have Brian Osamoa. Actually, it's pronounced Brian Osamoa. Very intrigued to see him play this year. We didn't get a lot of him last year. We got little tiny bits and pieces of his of him playing. I just remember him being just blazing fast. And I think he has really good instincts. I uh, just think about like the force fumble that he had and just flying around and and just always being where the ball is. So hopefully I think we have we're having a lot of trust in Brian Os- Osamoa. So hopefully he can live up to our expectations. It's unfortunate that he was injured for most of the last part of training camp in the preseason games, but also that opened up an opportunity for the next guy I want to talk about. Ivan Pace Jr. I was stoked when they signed him as an undrafted rookie free agent. He was projected to be a fourth or fifth round pick. He was, I believe he was an All-American last year at Cincinnati. He might have actually won like the best linebacker in the country award i always forget what that one's called he, he i think he won it or he was at least a finalist it was his uh measurables i mean i think it was because he's he's like 5 10 230 
something pounds. So they thought he was too short and too light. He has instincts. He has a nose for the ball. And I think he might start. I think he's, or at least get a lot of playing time. So I'm super excited to see what he can do. Next one on this list is Jordan Hicks. It's our veteran linebacker. Jordan Hicks came in here last year from uh, Arizona, and I thought he played pretty good. He was a, a good running mate with Eric Kendricks, but I think that we need the youth in that inside linebacking role. So for the things that he can't do, hopefully Pace and Osamwa can pick up and make up for that. But it's always nice to have a veteran leader, an intelligent linebacker, on the field and maybe he won't play every down maybe he won't be like like he was last year but i'm fine with that at least um being like a player coach and a mentor and and, and leader to this really young defensive team and then we have uh, troy die making the team he is a very good special teamer uh he had a great interception in the preseason this year and he hasn't had a ton of opportunities uh you know playing linebacker during the regular season but i believe this is his his rookie, the last year on his rookie contract, and uh, he's just a solid depth piece. On our practice squad, we have Nick Vigil. If that sounds like a familiar name, think about two or three years ago when we signed him from the Cincinnati Bengals. He ended up starting like 12 or 13 games for us. So now he's on our practice squad. Not a bad guy to have on our practice squad, a veteran linebacker who has a lot of experience, especially starting. Abraham Buplan, uh, he's a rookie linebacker out of Marshall. He's also on our practice squad. And then uh, I'm not sure if this guy's on our practice squad or if he just got, I think he just got waived or I thought it was some like injury settlement thing, but William Quenco, he was a undrafted rookie free agent last year from, from temple who I think he was also on the practice squad and maybe he got a little bit of like special teams time and he got elevated a couple times last year, but it's unfortunate. He kind of had, I thought he had some potential, but hopefully he can come back from whatever injury he's dealing with and, Maybe we can get him on the practice squad. All right, let's go to our edge rushers. Let's start with uh, the one and only Daniil Hunter. So Daniil Hunter was not happy with his contract situation. I think he was also holding out, and eventually they reworked his contract and turned it into a one-year deal. Or I think he had one year left, but they restructured it to give him more money and put in a no-trade clause. Uh, so now he got a raise and he'll be able to hit the free agent market next year, so I think he'll be extra motivated. He, he did say he wants to be a viking forever but also what else would you say like would you say like you don't want to be here if you don't want to be here they would have traded him i'm okay with this move i love daniel hunter obviously he's dealt with injuries in the past so hopefully he can stay healthy this year and be super impactful like he i mean he, like he was last year in the time uh, other years that he's been healthy and able to play yeah the Vikings had to make a decision i don't think he's back next year we can't there's just too many guys to pay he's also going to be 29 30 next year so it'll be kind of on that cliff for edge rushers honestly if when they were kind of i don't want to say shopping him but taking in trade calls if they were offered a first round pick i think they would have pulled the trigger on it i'm assuming they probably were only offered like a second or third daniel hunter when he is on the field i mean he and he's healthy he's a top 10 defensive end in the league so he's a premier pass rusher um, and I think the Vikings val clearly value him very highly, and they probably wanted a first-round pickback, and nobody wanted to give that up. But it'll be interesting to see next year what happens with his situation. Uh, let's talk about Marcus Davenport, an incoming free agent from the uh, Saints. Uh, he's another guy who he's he's had like a really up-and-down career. 
he's posted really good PFF grades. He has a really high pressure rate, but he just doesn't get home a lot. He doesn't get a lot of sacks. I think he there's like one year in his career where he's gotten like nine or ten sacks. Otherwise, I think last year he had half a sack. Doesn't look great on the stat sheet, but I don't know. Maybe this year he can turn it around, and when you have a running mate like Daniel Hunter, maybe it makes things easier, especially with Brian Flores uh, calling the defensive plays and setting up pass rush for him. Maybe he'll thrive. Patrick Jones the second, is our third-round pick from three years ago. I thought that he would start right away. I thought he had a lot of really good potential. Maybe he's just a guy that was like super raw and needed more time to develop. I mean, when he's been on the field like last year, he flashed a lot. I think he played a lot more snaps, so... Hopefully they'll rotate guys in a lot more and we see what Patrick Jones has. And hopefully he can thrive in this Brian Flores defensive scheme. Uh, next we have DJ Wanham. So DJ Wanham has, I think this is his last year as well on his rookie contract, but third round pick out of South Carolina State. I think he had six, his rookie year is the year that Hunter tweaked his neck, tweaked in, in quotes, um, and was out for the entire year. I think he had six sacks his his rookie season. So then I was like, oh, we might have something here. And since then, he's been such a meh uh, defensive defensive edge. Like he's not really good at like any specific thing, but he's also like not a bad player. He's just kind of like right smack dab there in the middle. And I think I feel more comfortable with him being like a number two. Like I would I wouldn't want like one of our starters to go out and be like, hey, DJ Wanham's now starting for us. But if he can come in there and get. 10 snaps a game or something and relieve Davenport or, or Hunter for a few plays a game. I, I think I'm completely fine with that. And then uh, Andre Carter, the second. So this is a very uh, intriguing prospect. The Vikings picked up uh, as an undrafted free agent rookie. They gave him like the largest undrafted free agent uh, rookie contract, or at least in guarantees like 500 K or something like that. So, I mean, he hasn't flashed at all like he, during the uh mini camp training camp and the preseason games but this dude is so raw and has so much potential there were talks of him being a first round pick he had a first round grade for the longest time and then i don't think he participated or maybe he did participate in the in the combine yeah i think he did or at least he did a pro day all i know is that he put up like a bench press of like 11 or something like that for a defensive end which is like not good at all but he's a freak athlete and he's got the frame and the body so they probably are just like we gave this guy so many guarantees and there's so much potential that he'd for sure not make it through waivers and they couldn't practice squad him so they're just gonna keep him on the roster and hopefully he can progress and develop and maybe he's nothing this year or next year but somewhere down the line we might have something there in our practice squad we have luigi valane uh, i thought he was going to make the 53 um, he flashed a lot in training camp, also in the preseason games, but I think that roster spot went to Andre Carter the second, and at least we were, I'm surprised we, he got through waivers. Whatever, I'm still happy that he's on the practice squad. Uh, Benton Whitley is on the practice squad. I believe that's it for edge rushers. Now let's move on to our cornerbacks. So incoming free agent, Byron Murphy Jr. from the Arizona Cardinals. I believe he was a uh, former second-round pick. Very solid pickup. He's had a great camp. There's been reporting that the Vikings are very excited to see uh, how he does in Brian Flores' scheme. So um, he's going to be our out starting outside corner, and then we're in nickel packages. I think he's going to slot 
inside. And uh, he, he played nickel in, in Arizona. So I'm super excited to see what Murphy Jr. can do on this team. And we got him at a relatively cheap price. And he's 25. Makai Blackman, a rookie cornerback from USC, selected in the third round this year. I think he's slated to start. I think he hurt his arm during a, a joint practice this year. Otherwise, he's been looking pretty solid throughout training camp and, and the preseason. I think he's going to play a lot. So he might start start this season, and whatever happens, you know, there are always highs and lows when it comes to a rookie season, especially playing cornerback, because you're going to get burned a few times. Hopefully we see progression throughout the year with him. Caleb Evans, who is, I think, slotted to start across from Byron Murphy Jr. He was our rookie from last year, taken in the fourth round. Quezzy traded up for him. He is from uh, University of Missouri. Um, he also dealt with like two or three concussions last year, which actually ended up, he ended up changing like his helmet this year. He got like some, it's kind of a weird looking helmet, but apparently it's supposed to be better for like concussions, like supposed to protect you more, which is like, why don't like all players just like wear that? But then he ended up, I think he actually got like another concussion or banged his head or something in practice. And they were just being like overly cautious about him. And then he got, he was like held out and I'm like, oh gosh, like how long can this guy even play for if he already has like at least three confirmed concussions? Cause I mean, if you played football or any contact sport, I mean, you know that if you had concussions, like there are confirmed concussions and there are the ones that you're, you're seeing stars, but you don't really tell anyone anything. So hopefully he can stay healthy. He showed flashes last year, but yeah, the biggest thing, he's just got to stay on the field and protect that damn noggin. Uh, next up is Andrew Booth Jr. He's our uh, second round rookie from last year. Uh, oh, he was highly touted out of Clemson. So unfortunate. He's just been dealing with so many injuries. And then when he did play last year, he looked so damn bad. He's getting burned left and right. So, and he did not, he hasn't looked good in training camp. He was hurt this summer too for an extended period of time, which also is the reason why I think Makai Blackman is going to get some at least a good amount of playing time is because the guy Blackman was just out there when Andrew Booth Jr. couldn't be. Yeah, he's just, he's got to show a lot of improvement this year. I think if he wasn't a second round pick and they had this investment in him, he would have been off the roster. He wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have made the 53. So this is a pretty important year for Andrew Booth Jr. Like I said before, Kwesi's first draft is not looking very good. And then a surprise player who made the 53 is Najee Thompson. So he's an undrafted rookie free agent out of Georgia Southern. Uh, he's flashed all summer long and in the preseason games, especially on special teams. I think he dealt with a – or he went into concussion protocol. He had a phenomenal tackle on a punt this year in a preseason game. And, like, I mean, he was like a – heat-seeking missile and like hit his head on the dude's like shin and his helmet like rolled off and yeah they pulled him aside and i, I don't think he played the rest of the game or something but no nah, he's i'm glad that they kept him because they, they definitely would have lost him if he would have went to the waiver wire uh and then on our practice squad we have joan williams he was actually it was weird because he was starting uh in parts of training camp this year but uh, he ended up getting cut and uh, ended up on the practice squad. But yeah, a former second round pick for the Patriots, uh, Jalen Williams, another undrafted free agent rookie out of Indiana. Uh, he actually, I think he had an interception in one of the preseason games this year and he played really well. 
he ultimately got waived and now he's on the practice squad. And then we have Tay Gowan, who is also a familiar name because I believe he's been on the practice squad for two years in a row now. And CJ Colden, who is also a undrafted free agent rookie out of Oklahoma. He is on the practice squad. All right, guys, coming down to the home stretch here. We are on our safeties. So Harrison Smith, I think he's a future Hall of Famer, at least a ring of honor guy for the Minnesota Vikings. He's going to be uh, one in one of the starting safety spots. I'm very excited to see what he'll do in Brian Flores' offense. He's not going to be sitting 20 yards back and cover three the entire game and never moving because that's not his style of game. I think he's going to be up at the line of scrimmage, and I think he's going to be blitzing a lot, and I think we're going to see shades of a younger Harrison Smith this year. And Pam Bynum, I think he's going to start. I believe he he might have, on the unofficial first depth chart, he was listed as the starter next to Harrison Smith. He was drafted as a corner out of Cal, but converted to safety. And I think he's played really well. He's been solid. So I hope he continues to do well. Then we have Lewis Seen. Don't even get me started on that guy. He uh, pretty unfortunate. Last year, drafted as in the first round, we traded back, ended up taking him. I let a lot of really good players go. Really head-scratching move. I was like, oh, we need a safety? This is kind of interesting. Oh, maybe this is Harrison's replacement. And then that's never happened. So unfortunate because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time at the beginning of last year. And then like fourth game in, breaks his leg in London, loses all progression, any uh, playing time he would have received. Came back. He's shown flashes. He had a really good interception at training camp or one of the joint practices. And then he's been so hot and cold in the preseason games. He's flashed. And then he absolutely whiffs on a tackle against Tajay Spears against the Tennessee Titans and lets a touchdown go. Um, And then he tweaks his groin and he's hurt again. So he's just got to get on the field. He's got to, I'm really worried about this, this, this pick guys. I'm I'm not sure if he's going to, He's going to be on the team for very long. I think he'll be on the team this year, but next year, if he's not at least, I don't even think he's the backup safety right now. So if he doesn't work his way up the depth chart, he's going to be gone. Uh, Josh Metellus, he's, who's actually just named a captain. So uh, we've had him for a few years on the team. He's been mostly special teams. And then most recently uh, last year, and then leading into this year, I think he'll play a lot actually. Um, You know, he, I think, Harrison Smith missed a game, and he ended up playing in that game. I think it was it might have been against the Lions, but he posted like an 88.4 PFF grade and had a game-sealing interception. So I've always liked Metellus. I think he's a smart player, and he's a leader in that locker room, and I'm excited to see him get on the field more. Then we have Jay Ward, a fifth-round rookie out of LSU. Um, he's very intriguing. He had a really cool strip sack in the Arizona Cardinals preseason game where he just blitzed off the edge and absolutely obliterated Clayton Toon. I would not be mad if Jay Ward ended up developing into something that Lewis Seen can't be, and he kind of takes his place. But hopefully Jay Ward gets some playing time. I think he can also play a little bit of nickel corner, so I like the depth there and the versatility. So we'll, we'll, I mean, he's a rookie. We'll just have to see what happens. And then last to make the safety group is uh, Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson, I think he was on the Tennessee Titans practice squad last year. He's also flashed. I think he's going to be a really good depth safety. And then nothing's changed from last year on the special team side of things. We have Greg Joseph as our kicker. Ryan Wright 
as our punter and Andrew DePaula as our long snapper. So there you have it, folks. That is the 53-man roster for the 2023 Minnesota Vikings. We are less than one week away from game one of the 2023 season. I am so excited that football is back. I just love the fall time. I love the changing of the seasons and it gets a little cooler outside and your your Sundays are just filled up with just football frenzy and it's going to be great. I think going into this year, I'm cautiously optimistic. I know I said that I, I'm like that all the time, but I got a, I, I overreacted a little too much from the first game last year when they beat the Packers. So I don't think I'm going to do that this year. Hopefully the Vikings can beat up on the Bucks in week one because they have a gauntlet in the first four or five games this year. Because I think that Philly, KC, and the LA Chargers, and uh, those are, those are going to be some tough games to win. So I think week one is a must win because uh, those other ones, I don't think we're going 4-0. I might be one and three, two and two. We might have to go 500. That might be a little more realistic. This concludes the first episode of Purple Rain. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I plan on making more episodes as Vikings news gets announced, as the season progresses, uh, game reactions, um, some fun speculation, trade ideas. Uh, I'd like to have an episode talking about jaron hall and the future of kirk cousins and just some general strategy going into the football season and looking forward to the draft so like i said folks if you enjoyed this podcast go ahead and hit subscribe and we'll see you next time and as always skull vikes